This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial, your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk. For Monday, March the 11th, I'm your host, D.A. And the long, strange, winding saga of Antonio Brown finally comes to its conclusion. Over the weekend, the Steelers wide receiver, disgruntled Steelers wide receiver, gets traded to the Oakland Raiders for a third and fifth round draft pick. One thing we know. Antonio Brown is still really productive, perhaps the best wide receiver in all of the NFL. But on a team that does not have the nucleus to really be a contender right now, how valuable is he? Let's go to the Bay Area, his new home, Joe Lowe and Dibs on 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. Did you acquire value or did you acquire greatness? Antonio Brown is a great wide receiver. How valuable of a wide receiver is he going to be once he gets into your locker room? How bankable is he going to be over the next three years? That's the question every team had to sort through when they were evaluating whether or not to make a play here. The greatness is undeniable. If you put him in the system and you get him the football, he's going to make plays. He is a great wide receiver. You made a great deal because ultimately the $30 million guaranteed in cap, you got to spend some money somewhere. Right? If you're the Raiders, you gotta do something. So they made a move for Antonio Brown. Boom, you're selling jerseys. Boom, you're selling tickets. Boom. You now become more interesting. There are a lot of wins there. But how valuable will he be to you? How valuable? How valuable is a Lamborghini versus Toyota Camry? They're both gonna get you the same distance, right? Maybe you go faster than the Lamborghini. Maybe it looks a lot better, but what's the upkeep on that thing? What happens if you don't have a lot of cash and you spend all your overhead on that car? How valuable does it become? The Raiders are a better football team. The biggest loser here is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, yeah. The Steelers look awful in this transaction, number one. And now, blood's in the water. Everyone who comes to Pittsburgh, they're gonna have to change the way they do their contracts. The biggest winner, and I'm trying to figure this out, if it's Brown, the Raiders, or if it's the NFL players in general. Because what you just saw was a guy who had three years left on his deal. Three years left on his deal. He forced a trade out of town and got a new deal, and he was able to go to one of the destinations he wanted because he didn't want to go to Buffalo, so he nixed that. Like, think about what just happened. This is not the NBA. This does not happen. Players with three years left on their deal Mm -mm. don't get traded to preferred destinations and then get new deals with $30 million in guaranteed money on top of that. That never happens. But it also opens up the floodgates now for, what if I'm Julio Jones? What if I'm A.J. Green and I'm just not happy? I want more money. Well, you know, we don't have it. Trade me. Well, (laughs) no, um, because we... I just saw what happened with Antonio Brown. I'm not going to play for you. Do all those guys have the galls, you know, to, to do what he did? You got to be great. You, Mid-level guys are not going to get away with this. But if I'm the NFL, if I'm Goodell and the yeah. owners, I'm a little bit worried about the way this just played out. You're, you're right. In, in mid-level guys, they're going to be quiet. And, and the thing about it is 
they won't get they won't get traded. A lot of teams are like, I'm not going to care how what you do. I think a lot of this was because of Le'Veon Bell. They knew they got nothing. Le'Veon called him out, didn't do anything, didn't handle it the way that he did. But Le'Veon said, I'm just going to sit out the year. They're like, can we afford to have another type of situation? Let's take whatever. They they got a third rounder. They got another pick, two picks. So they're looking at us. God, at least we got something. But I think a lot of it had to do with what Le'Veon did, set the president the year before, even though he didn't come out and do the things that uh, Brown did. I think he helped the situation because you were getting ready to lose two, not one, but you had arguably the best receiver right. in, the, in the NFL, arguably, and arguably the best running back in the NFL. You're talking about that doesn't happen. Think that about how little. Happen. Think about how little you just achieved with the best running back, the best wide receiver, and a Hall of Fame quarterback. You you didn't win anything with those guys. Yeah, to me, the Raiders. I get it that the price is cheap to acquire a guy of that talent and that magnitude to only have to give up a third and a fifth rounder. I understand. And if you have the cap space to spend money on, I could understand adding a guy of that talent level. However. Antonio Brown doesn't make the Raiders a contender. Antonio Brown still is joining an offense that's got questionable quarterbacking and questionable running game and questionable offensive line and a questionable head coach as well in a division where I don't think the Chiefs, the Chargers are suddenly going to slump off. The Broncos could have gotten better with the addition of Joe Flacco. So for the Raiders, I don't think that this is an overnight win. It's cheap enough in terms of draft compensation, but again, do you also trust Antonio Brown in that locker room? The flip side of this equation, of course, is in Pittsburgh, where the Steelers have to give up one of the greatest wide receivers they have ever had for two mid-round picks. Do the Steelers sell low on A.B.? Our daily look-in with the Fan Morning Show, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. As much as I believe the Steelers could have, And if I were Kevin Colbert, perhaps foolishly or not, I would have held on to this longer. I would have stretched out this game of chicken uh, beyond the $2.5 million roster bonus that is due on Sunday, would have been due on Sunday, and towards the draft. I would have rolled the dice on how Antonio Brown was going to act over the next six to seven weeks. I would have dragged it out. It's very clear that the Steelers were not comfortable with that and that they decided we have to get something even if it's not necessarily what we thought we were going to get in the first place. And they sold low on Antonio Brown. And because of the money involved, again, because the player was demanding and the agent was demanding a new contract, they were never going to get the second-round pick or even first-rounder that they may have desired at first. And Antonio Brown, quote-unquote, won this weekend while the Steelers lost. That's what it boils down to. They were never going to be in a position to get the best possible return in this deal because AB's demand for new money was involved. Oh, make no question. I mean, Antonio Brown won this. I mean, he acted like a jag. He quit on his team, and he found a way to get himself traded and get more money out of the deal. There's no way you could look at it any other way than Antonio Brown won this matchup. I agree with you. I think the Steelers may have been able to hold on a little longer. What we don't know is, were there guys in the room that were telling Steelers management, like, hey, I don't want this guy around anymore. I don't care 
just get rid of them. I mean, not I can just, think of one guy just in, front office. I can think of one guy in particular who's I'm, probably very fed up. I'm sure we can all figure out up. who that is. Yes. But he may not be the only one. It's like, you know what? We've had all this drama. Let's get this. Let's flush this out right now. Some of the guys are working out. We don't want to deal with this guy anymore. Uh, but the thing that just drives me nuts is I just think of everything the Steelers did to bend over backwards for this guy. Gave him advanced money. Mm-hmm. Hid all the crap that he did that no one knew about, you know, all of his in, internal drama with him and the different which, mothers of which, his kids. Which you're not going to hear about any of the uh, any of the stuff that he got away with that he compl- probably complains to people that he didn't get away with. It's on the same level of what the quarterback has gotten away with in the building is specifically what I'm talking about. You're not going to hear about that on all these national shows that are pushing the this is all Ben Roethlisberger's fault agenda. And again, I'm not here to absolve Ben Roethlisberger of of any and all blame in how this turned out because Ben does share some blame. Mike Tomlin does share some blame. The Steelers organization shares some blame. Absolutely. But nobody is more... responsible for how things turn out. Accountability. Yes. Right? No, nobody, is, accountability? nobody is more responsible than the 30-year-old he, man who just acted like a child to get what he, he wanted. He is the quintessential anything that's wrong in his life is someone else's fault and everything right in his life is because he worked hard and he came from nothing and he was a sixth round pick. You have to also remember that while the Steelers only got a third and a fifth rounder back, the market was low on Antonio Brown because of all of his antics and because of the money that he demanded. He wasn't going anywhere where he did not get a new contract. And so he said no to the Buffalo Bills. And plenty of other places were scared off or didn't have the cap space to be able to allocate to A.B. So it really was a buyer's market for Oakland. And because of that, they got him on the quote-unquote cheat. But did they fleece the Steelers? I wouldn't say that because the Steelers had to know they were not going to get back in compensation the type of player that he is. So when it comes to a player of his caliber, all of these antics and distractions, all of this stuff that has come out over social media, is it actually worth it because of what he produces on Sunday? Here's former NFL wide receiver Greg Camarillo, who joined 97.3 The Fan in San Diego with Gwyn and Chris. I don't put you in this category, but you know, you're, you guys are all divas, right? To be a great wide receiver, you got to be a diva. Great Camarilla, diva? No, that's what I mean. He was down to earth. That's what we like about him. But speaking of we, divas, uh, do you have any thoughts on Antonio Brown and what has happened oh, with this man. guy? I've I've got a lot of thoughts on Antonio Brown. And <laughs> there's nothing more diva-ish than a dyed blonde mustache. That is about <laughs> as good as it gets, right there. <laughs> that's a uh, good point. He, he, he is living the diva life of a wide receiver and demanding attention. And to be honest with you, his level of play is good enough to demand attention. He is, there it is. Uh, the best, if not one of the top three best receivers out there. And uh, you've got to make him happy. And, and you know, you, Pittsburgh has a pretty solid situation. We've had a, the same coach for a long time, the same quarterback for a long time. But – they literally had the best running back in the game and the best receiver in the game and could not make either of them happy enough to play. And if I'm Big Ben, and I know that I've only got a couple of years left in my career, I have to find a way to get those guys on the field. Uh, if I'm a quarterback in the NFL, man, I'll do anything I can to have Antonio Brown. Uh, I've heard rumors of him going to the Chiefs, which I thought was oh. kind of fizzled out. But could you imagine oh. uh, 
throwing him into that offense, it's, it's exciting. So, uh, you know, hopefully someone will give him his attention. He can uh, turn his mustache back to its regular color and he can go out there and play some football. It is a little odd to look at. Uh, Greg, did you ever play without naming name with a player that was disruptive, though, to an entire team in a locker room? Is, is that oh, is that man. something that can yeah. happen and does happen in the NFL? It it, yes, absolutely. So uh, I was in Minnesota, and Randy Moss made his second appearance in Minnesota. And I've ever been around. Uh, and this was towards the end of his career, and he still had all the physical skills. Uh, and things weren't really going his way. Um, and, and they weren't going anyone's way, really. We sucked as a team. But he, he came in there, and one week, uh, after not getting much love in a game, Wednesday, you get the game plan install, and um, the coach goes through it. We go through our plays. He's not very featured in it. He stands up, and he says, this game plan is full of manure. <laughs> not, using word, not using the word manure. And, you know, just to see that, see a player that's, I mean, he's a nice guy. He's a friendly guy. People take to him in the locker room immediately. I mean, he, he was a legend at that point already, but... If you can't get your legends and your leaders and your main players to buy in as a coach, there's going to be division. And when a player starts creating that division, it's just going to break apart the locker room. And Randy wasn't there the whole year. Uh, they got a talent that we definitely could have used, uh, you know, bought me some more playing time when he left. But, <laughs> um, yeah, you, you got to have you got to have your stars on board. Uh, and and it, at some point, you know, you either have to – figure out a way to get them on board or cut ties. And you saw with the Steelers that they, they had to cut ties with two of them. So A.B.'s antics are okay, except that during these crazy antics of the last couple of months, he was not playing football. So is he going to do that in the middle of the season? If he quits on your team and doesn't play, that doesn't help you out. So I would disagree. I don't think these types of extreme antics are, are worth it for Antonio Brown, no matter how great he is on Sundays, if he's doing it during the week before those Sunday games in the middle of the season. It's the NFL's free agency period. Wednesday, officially, teams can sign players. And in Dallas, Sean Lee has long been a very good linebacker at a very hefty cost. Sean Lee's biggest problem has been health and availability, and that's not changing later on in his career. And so... The Cowboys handing an extension to Sean Lee at whatever price they end up agreeing on. Is that worth it? Here's 105.3 The Fan in Dallas with Sean and RJ. And when I hear RJ Choppy scream, he can't play. I know I'm in for a good segment. I was out on this at the cap hit of $6.575 million, which is, you know, Sean Lee counts more, is, is, is getting paid more via the cap than Byron Jones is. He is going to be paid almost the same, not quite, okay. but, a, but a little bit more than a million less than Zeke. All right, let's keep playing this game. Uh, he's getting paid more than Leighton Vander Esch, and he's but, getting paid but, more than Jalen Smith again. But those guys are, uh, you know, neither one. What's those Byron guys, on? Byron's on his rookie deal too. I understand that, but he's in the very, very end of it. But the point is, you know, Leighton Vander Esch is also a second-year player. Yeah, I know that Byron's on his rookie deal. Uh, so I, I'm out. Why would I want a guy? Who is who can't play? He can't play. Why would I want a guy who can't play to be, be making a near seven million dollar cap hit? Now because, in that regard, because he's going to hold a Microsoft Surface on the on the sidelines and help coach, then make him a coach. If you want him to coach, make him a coach. If you want him to play, make him a player. But he's not a player. 
There's, old man. There's two things to talk about here. Number one, it has to be acknowledged that Sean Lee has been fragile, not just recently, but throughout the course of his career. Uh, last season, he missed nine games. The season before, he missed six. So essentially, he's played half of the games or less, just over half of the games he's been eligible to play in the last two seasons. So I do understand where you're coming from, from the standpoint of, you know, he's he's hurt, he's injured, maybe not bring him back. But from the other standpoint, you're not taking anything away from Leighton Vander Esch or Jalen Smith going forward by bringing Sean Lee back in this capacity. He acknowledges by taking a restructured deal that he knows what role he's going to be playing. Of and course I, and I think from a fragility standpoint, from a you know durability standpoint, don't you think in order to keep Sean Lee healthy and maybe get a more productive Sean Lee throughout a season, that by scaling back some of his snaps, you might actually you might actually see that? This defense has depended on Sean Lee to play every single game that he's available for and to play every single snap that his body will allow him to. And now they can bring him back on a deal. We'll talk about the seven million or the cap hit, the six and a half million in just a second. But now they can bring him back on a deal where he knows what the score is. The team knows what the score is. They obviously love having him around. And you might actually get a more productive Sean Lee in this capacity than you've seen in the last three years. I feel like that's most Cowboys fans over the course of these last few years with Sean Lee. He can't play. He can't play. Just screaming from their couches watching the Cowboys on Sunday. Why would I want a guy who is who can't play? We're seeing another injury report where Sean Lee is out. He can't play. He can't play. He can't play. College basketball is now heading into March Madness. Conference tournaments already underway. A couple of tickets have already been punched at the NCAA tournament, which is Good times, right? Exciting times, joyous times for college basketball. Except for this whole FBI investigation. LSU's head coach, Will Wade. LSU, by the way, on the verge of clinching the SEC regular season championship, has to suspend their head coach because he is caught on tape as part of a wiretap by the FBI, essentially admitting that he's shopping for players. Uh, Oops. And so in the middle of this, what is going to be the outcome of this long FBI investigation? College basketball insider Gary Parrish on 92.9 ESPN Radio in Memphis. There is circumstantial evidence surrounding a lot of coaches right now. Bill Self being probably the most obvious one. Because Bill Self is caught on text message talking to TJ Gasnola. Back and forth, back and forth. TJ was the bag man, the Adidas bag man. Right. And TJ's saying, Kansas is number one, everybody else is second, screw everybody else. As far as I'm concerned, I'm working for Kansas now. All right. And Bill Self's like, that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And Bill Self's like, I need some dudes. And TJ Gustnola's like, I'm a, I will never let you down. The only one I ever let you down on is DeAndre Ayton, LOL, but I'll get you. Know, as far as right. I'm concerned, Kansas is number one, everybody else can take a back seat. Now, if you understand how this stuff works, that is Bill Self telling TJ Gasnola, you need to go get me players. I mean, that's what that yeah. is. There's no getting around it. But if you're Bill Self, you can also say, I didn't tell TJ Gasnola to go buy me players. I didn't tell TJ Gasnola to go give money to somebody. 
You can think that's what I was doing, but it ain't in the transcript. If you want to try to put words in my mouth, that's fine. But it ain't in the transcript. So you can interpret that the way you're interpreting that. I'm just telling you that's not how I meant it, and that ain't what I said. And you'll roll your eyes, sure, unless you're a Kansas fan. But it, but it might keep you'll, you'll get sur- out. You'll you survive. get off on that. You'll survive that. Yeah, you'll get out of there. I think Bill survives that. Yep. This is this is a different deal. No, this is a different deal. You are. Let's just go down it. Yep. Bragging about getting deals done that were way simpler than this. Yep. Laughing about getting a deal done that'll be better than the NBA rookie minimum. Mm. You are expressing frustration because the handler won't accept your offer because maybe you cut the mom and the kid in a little too much and didn't just give the big piece of the pie to the handler. Mm. And these conversations are happening in the same month, literally the same month that Javante Smart committed to LSU. Yeah, he's enrolled. So this broke earlier today, and then I had a flight home from LaGuardia, and for some reason we didn't have Wi-Fi on the flight, which is a nightmare for me because I don't have enough time to get stuff done, period. And so when I lose two hours, 20 minutes of work, um, like I'm really losing something. But I didn't have a lot of time to just sit there mm-hmm. and like delete um, pictures in my phone. You know, I just cleaned it. Like, yeah, yeah, all sorts go of through stuff. those exercises. I got you. And also think about, okay, if you're Will Wade, because I'm, 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 I, I find this a, a fun mental exercise mm-hmm. when I see people, whether it's Will Wade here, and I'm not comparing the two things, but like you're R. Kelly talking to Gail King. Like how do you yeah. answer these questions? Like, could you answer these questions? And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, there's just no way out of this. No. There is no way out of this. I thought about it a little bit today, this afternoon. You can't, there's no, there's no explanation for this stuff no. other than it is what it is. No. And so maybe LSU will stand beside him because they might just say, yeah, our coach was talking wild on the phone, but that's all he was doing. Go find a paper I trail. I think that's dumb if you're them, Go though. prove. I don't think they're going to do that. But, like, if they wanted to, you just say, you go prove that, th- that we actually exchange yeah. money for anything, right. and then we'll accept our responsibility. But right now, all you got is two people talking. And two people talking ain't enough. By the way, it is enough. This ain't a court of law. Right. It's the NCAA. They can do whatever they want to do. But short of that, there's no way to get around it. It is what it is. And I say this as somebody who likes Will Wade. Yeah. I've known Will since he was a, 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 an, a grad assistant at Clemson. He's come a long way, Gary. And um, so, like, I don't and, – and, and let me say this also, because people get into this, like, all these tweets. This doesn't mean Will Wade's a bad guy. Right. It doesn't mean next time I see Will, I won't say, hey, man, how you doing? It just means that he's a coach who apparently was violating all sorts of NCAA rules willingly and um, uh, consistently. That's, all, that's what it means. The outcome is going to be this NCAA tournament rolls right along with or without Will Wade. And I wonder if really fans and media will ever be completely shocked, appalled, outraged at any of this type of stuff. I feel like there is such an admission of cheating in college basketball that this is how you acquire players that everybody just kind of assumes it happens. And thus, this isn't that big a deal. I mean, look, Sean Miller still coaching at Arizona. I feel like these schools understand you just withstand the early rush, and then after that, you're okay bringing your coach back. Now, you don't want to play ineligible players, but outside of that, I don't think that these colleges really care anymore because they feel as though the fans and the media don't really care as well, 
And if Will Wade comes back to coach of the NCAA tournament, is there suddenly going to be some type of blockade on watching LSU games? Some type of protest or boycott outside of the arena? Of course not! And finally in baseball, sad news of the end of last week. The Tom Seavers family, the Baseball Hall of Famer, say that he's dealing with dementia and has retired from public life. Interesting timing, unfortunate timing, because the 1969 Mets are celebrating their 50th anniversary of that dramatic, miraculous championship this summer. Mike Francesa on WFAN in New York announcing that the long-wanted, long-awaited statue of Tom Seaver is finally going to happen. Mets fans have been clamoring for this for years, and finally, they'll have it outside of City Field. You know, we took a lot of calls yesterday um, after the Seaver news and everything, and a couple of the fans had mentioned different things about Seaver and recollections, and a couple of the Met fans talked about, you know, there being something to Seaver. Well, I found out that, um, and I guess it's been in the works for quite some time, but, uh, and I don't know yet if it's going to be the exact weekend of the 69 Met. The, when they honor the Mets this summer or not. But there is uh, a major uh, deal coming concerning Tom Seaver, and my understanding is there is a statue of Seaver coming sometime this season. The Mets will be unveiling a Seaver statue. So, And I guess it's been in the works long before yesterday. I guess it's been in the works for quite some time. I was not aware of it. Uh, but I have heard that, and so you met fans, and a lot of, a couple of them yesterday mentioned it, uh, and more than one or two said that you know they wanted there to be something for Seaver, you know, um, because of what he has meant to the franchise. Well, on this 50th anniversary of the '69 Mets, and you heard the news yesterday if you weren't with us about or haven't been watching that Tom has retired to private life. He can't travel. He is suffering from dementia. His family will be uh, at the events this summer that honor the 69 Mets. His, uh, the Mets are not only, you know, have planned something special for him, a testimony to him, but also, as, uh, as I just told you, uh, there has been in the works, I gather, for quite some time. Uh, and I guess when all the details as to who's doing it and uh, what's been done and everything, you'll see that this wasn't just you know thrown together, that it's been in the planning works for some time. There is a major Seaver statue of some time of some kind or some you know testimony to Seaver that will be built into the stadium that is uh, I'm told a statue of some kind that will be unveiled this year. So you Met fans will get your wish. There will be a Seaver statue sometime this summer. Tom Seaver, obviously deserving. It's too bad it's taken so long to get this done because now Tom Seaver won't be able to publicly address it or be there for the unveiling. However, long time coming, much deserving. And the timing, at least for celebrating the 1969 Miracle Mets, is appropriate. That will do it for us on the best of your sports talk for Monday, March the 11th. Now that the AB story is over, what else are we going to cover here on Around the Dial? We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. 
summer's in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 